This is Observations QNO Podcast for Friday, the 4th of June, 2021. Welcome back to the podcast. And finally, once again, we have a full crew. I'm Dale Franks. I'm Michael Wade. And I'm Bruce McQueen. And we are all back once again. Um, so an interesting thing happened this week. BuzzFeed and a couple of other media sources pretending to be journalists, one presumes, FOIA'd, Freedom of Information Acted, is that a verb? Uh, all of uh, Tony Fauci's emails for the last several years and started going through them. Now, a lot of the results were um, fairly predictable. I think BuzzFeed characterized it as a man under enormous pressure showing wonderful grace and competence. I'm not entirely sure that is a universal assessment of Dr. Fauci's emails, but uh, we have had a chance. We've had three or four days to look through them. Uh, Some interesting things that occurred to me, uh, apparently he was made aware, well, almost a decade ago, that um, at the very least ivermectin showed some promise as an antiviral drug in addition to its uh, antibacterial and anti, well, its deworming properties. If you're giving your dogs heartworm medicine, you're almost certainly giving them ivermectin. Um, Lots of other little things came out, too. What Mr. Fauci tells us, I'm sorry, Dr. Fauci, as we're obligated to refer to him, what Dr. Fauci tells us and what Dr. Fauci tells people in the NIH and uh, CDC are not always the same thing. No, they're not. Uh, and, and what I guess what got me more than anything was that initial, the initial uh, email that I saw, where he's talking to, um, and I'm not sure. It just gives her first. It said Kristen something. Anyway, she makes it very clear that you know, yeah, okay, it looks pretty normal, you know, and, and the close clustering of bats suggests that bats served as the reservoir. But then it gets down there and, and it, she says, um, the vi- you know, the, the unusual features of the virus make up a small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. Okay, so this is in February of 2020. You know, and it wasn't long. I mean, like maybe a week or two after that, uh, they said, "Yeah, well, you know, it's it was definitely natural, and you, you call it anything, but uh, uh, COVID nineteen, you're a racist, and uh, you know the 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 uh, lab uh, story has no basis in fact. That's what we that's what we got. Even though at that point, scientists were saying, "Yeah, you know, as we look at it very very closely, part of it looks engineered." Well, there was something that happened in the interim, and that was that uh, Trump was asked, uh, do you see anything that's that have, have you seen any evidence that suggests strongly that this was uh, engineered? And he said, yeah, yeah, I have seen that evidence. And immediately 180 uh, uh, turnaround by all the quote unquote scientists. No, this is absolutely natural. There's, it's it's a conspiracy theory to think that uh, this lab where we've been spending American dollars and that is specifically 
designated as gain of function uh, to uh, you know figure out how um, we can spread and uh, create viruses uh, from natural sources into ones that we've engineered. It's totally ludicrous to think that that's how this happened. Yeah, and so what you conspiracy theories. And so what you see as you read through these emails is this was not only that, but a massive cover-up. I mean, Fauci goes on this this frantic, uh, 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 you know, talking about uh, gain of function and, and trying to tamp that down. You have uh, uh, part of the State Department trying to tamp this down. You know, it was just there, there because of the gain of function uh, 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 bit, bit where they could then turn around and blame it on the United States, you know, for funding it. So there, there was all kinds of crap going on behind the scenes. And the bottom line was it was all, everything they put out there was a farce. It was, it was a lie, it was not true. And this week, uh, the Daily Mail reported that uh, two professors, uh, a, a British professor and a Norwegian scientist uh, wrote a soon to release, be released study that SARS coronavirus 2 has no credible natural ancestor and that it is beyond reasonable doubt that the virus cr was created through laboratory manipulation. I mean, that's, that's, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not hiding anything. They're saying right out in front of you, this, it, this was made in the lab. Well, the, the funny thing about this is that this has always been the most plausible theory. I'm sorry, right. hypothesis. It's not a theory. Agreed. Uh, this has always been the most plausible hypothesis. And so they've been saying for a year that this is all some loony conspiracy theory. But, you know, it it, it broke whenever, who's it, Ralph Barca, the, the number, depending on how you count it, either the number one or number two guy in the world uh, in this field of viral research wrote that letter in Nature and said, hey, this has to be investigated. Um, yeah. It, it is a plausible hypothesis, and we need to know how this thing got started, because if we don't, we lose a vital tool in figuring out how to fight future pandemics. Uh, and that kind of broke the—that just sort of broke everything wide open. And now the funny thing is you're watching all of these people who are not only having to backtrack, but are having to go back and edit— uh, like news media, the Washington Post, among others, stories that were written a year ago to make them a little less um, asseverative in their uh, in their assessments. Of, yeah, exactly. Um, everybody, you know, everybody is playing CYA, and we're, we're seeing people on the government side saying, "Well, you know, we never said that it wasn't possible." Um, oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's right. literally what they said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and but one of my favorite one of my favorite backtracks was, well, um, the scientific consensus has shifted, and I thought, well, wait a minute, I, weren't we told that consensus means that's it, we're done? No, right. I, I think it was worse than that. I think the article you're referring to is uh, the mood has shifted. No, no, right. they said scientific consensus. I have specifically seen that's because yes. oh, okay. that's what that's what caught my attention because we have been told for freaking decades that you know the scientific consensus on global warming is the end all and be all. It's done. It's over. The science is settled. Yeah, I think what Bruce is talking about is one of the corrections. Actually, I think if I if if I remember correctly, it's either from the that New York was Times the, the correction. That was the okay. correction. Yes, the the one yeah. I saw said the mood has shifted. Oh, yeah. well, uh, 
the other one was trying to say, well, you know, the scientific consensus has shifted, and thus we are editing or changing or whatever they said after that. And I just, that, that phrase got me is what, you know. Well, you know, there's a lot of weirdness going on around this. I was um, watching uh, a podcast with uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, who is one of the world's leading therapeutic doctors. I mean, he, he creates therapies. Um, and he's saying, you know, for the first time, this is the, the only time I've ever seen this in my entire career, 30 years, where doctors at the patient level are now being told what treatments they're allowed to do. He said, this is all coming down from, you know, from, from the CDC on down. He said, that's not the way this is supposed to work. Um, uh, people who are seeing patients are supposed to be figuring out what works and channeling that information up the chain so it can be disseminated. We're not supposed to be sitting here listening to you cases from the CDC telling us what we can and can't do to treat patients. Said, yeah, ivermectin was, says, I've was never seen it. for that. Yeah, he says, I've never seen it with any other disease. Mm. There are so many things about this past year that as we unpack it, analyze it, we're going to go, holy crap, how did that ever happen? I mean, it's uh, uh, the, uh, the other thing that's funny is uh, in, in the way that uh, now the right who was just totally lambasted and, and mocked and, and called all sorts of names when they came up with these uh, the, these pronouncements about masks and all the other things are being proven right uh, by you know not not even it's not even close and and not only have they been proven right in the science they've been proven right in the political decisions they've made uh, look at Texas look at Florida look at most of the red states and then look at the blue states. So this is this has been a really interesting year when you look at it that way. Uh, what you know, the top down versus the bottom up, uh, the, the the loosening restrictions versus tightening them down. I mean, it's it's been phenomenal. And and, and whether whether anyone will learn a lesson out of this remains to be seen. Well, I I think a lot of people should learn lessons, although the people who need to learn them tend to be the people who refuse to. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's Agreed. exactly right. I mean, the, the, the reason that there aren't any lessons to be learned is because they're not out there to learn lessons. They're out there to perfect their uh, ability to hold power and, and sway over people. It, it doesn't matter if they are right or wrong. It, it matters whether or not they can keep controlling people. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that they're right or wrong because no one's going to hold them accountable. Exactly. Nobody is going to be held accountable. Look at Cuomo, New York, not being held accountable for crap. He made shit decisions. Uh, he killed people. Uh, he he has had what seven or eight female accusers, and he goes, yeah. So, oh, buy my book. You know, and that book describes how well I did. Oh, and he's and he's getting twenty five million to defend himself from the state. Yeah, that makes sense, right? <laughs> That's right. It's a screwed up world. It's just like a, just like a, a, the the thing I saw this last week is uh, the Senate was considering giving Jeff Bezos ten million for his uh, space company. Right. In, in in the meantime, he's buying uh, MGM for eight point five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how, how screwed up is this? Well, that, that money's not going to spend itself, Bruce. I guess not. <laughs> I mean, how fast can you print this stuff up? 
I don't know. It could be in the nomenclature. Joe Biden's looking for $6 trillion in the budget. I saw that. My God, a $6 trillion budget. Are you kidding me? I think this I think this may be, hey, let's put six up and settle for three. You know? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, oh, no. that is probably right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just I, I saw that number. And I went, I, I, oh, for God's sake, you just gave away six trillion in the last two years, not just him, but the government. And now and you're going to have a six trillion budget. Well, and for the last several, uh, oh, what, what, about eight, nine years, um, the entire spending balance has been about. Four trillion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Which, which and which was driving us deeper into deficit. Six yeah. trillion. But see, see, one of the things I think we've all realized is no one on either side really gives a shit. It's only well, they'll course, only bring it up. Care. No, they'll only bring it up if it it is politically handy at that moment. But they don't care. No, because look, taxpayers are deluded. That they have no idea what's actually being spent and how it's going to affect them. Um, and they're, they're never taught any of this uh, as well. There's a reason for that. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it was like, what did Jen uh, Saki say the other day? Well, you know what? It's not advantageous for us to answer those questions. So we're not going to. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing? essentially isn't how that amazing? Washington operates. God. It makes you, you know, it, for me, it just, uh, I'm kind of glad I'm an old guy. <laughs> but but again, why shouldn't they operate that way? They're never punished for operating that way. Well, that's it. There's Nobody... no incentive not to. Exactly. There's yeah, every you know, incentive it's... to keep your 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 cushy Washington job, your 174 grand a year, plus your staff and travel allowance. Hey, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a pretty cushy. Go on your game. junkets. Go on your junkets. Kick the can down the road. Hell, you'll be dead before anybody's called to account for this. And oh, then they're probably going to pension afterwards. And when they are finally called to account for this, they'll probably be hanging from lampposts all around DC. <laughs> I mean, this is nuts. It is nuts. But as long as you keep getting away from stuff, you'll keep getting away with it. And yeah, that's what well, it comes down to. I mean, at the end of the day, we could toss these people out. We just don't want to. And people don't care. And look, I, I talk to people all the time and political things come up and I'll drop a comment and people have no idea what I'm talking about. Nobody's paying attention yeah. to any of this stuff. Well, that's right. They're not. That's that's the thing. They only get, you know, we, we've talked about this as well, being political junkies. Is nobody pays attention to what, a, a month or two before the presidential race. And, that, and they, that's about it. And they don't yeah. pay attention to much in that time either. Yeah, no, that's then, right. They're basically look, figuring out which, which guy do I like better. Yeah, right. headlines. Headlines, yep. Well, look, it, for politicians, it pays for the electorate to be uh, stupid and credulous. And that's what they work at doing. And they're, they're really fucking good at it, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, th this has been the goal of uh, the NEA and really most of the school boards, uh, at least in uh, the blue areas, for and even in places that aren't so blue, mm. where you know it's the blue people that get elected to the school board and they drive this agenda, they drive this agenda, and what they want is conformity. They don't want intelligence, they don't want uh, any kind of critical thinking. What they want is conformity. Well, they want conformity so they can propagandize, and you know, and that that's what. That's what you do when you're you're ideologically driven, is you don't teach you and your ideology and your ideology cannot withstand questions. 
Right. It, it can't stand up to uh, uh, actual um, examination. Which so, is why you see this, this, this pushback so hard in many areas on this critical race crap. That's right. Yeah, well, that's and it, they, they reach too far. Yes. Once you start messing with people's kids, you're in for a world of hurt, <laughs> especially mama bears. And there are a lot of mama bears. Out well, there. yeah, you're right. And I'm sure you've seen it, Michael. There have been a number of them pop up in the news these last few days yep. at school board meetings. And not all. And and, and I want to make this note. They're not all white. No. And they're also not all conservative. That's right. They are sick and tired of this crap in their schools. Yep. Uh, and, and that's what it is. Crap. Uh, so so they've got it is, and it's well, it's it's more than than just that. It's just false history. That's so true. you're not you're not teaching history anymore. You're teaching uh, a lie, and that lie, uh, you know, is is going to be taught from K through twelve. Gee, what do you think? Figure it'll come out the other end when it heads to college. Uh, thoroughly and totally, and uh, a child thoroughly and totally indoctrinated in this lie. And they, you know, if it doesn't stop now, uh, well, you know what the end's going to be. Well, you know, there's a, there's a there's a cohort of liberals who sort of signed on to the Democratic Party uh, as thinking, well, you know, here's what I'd like. I'd like to tax the rich a little more and I'd like to have a better social safety net. So I guess I'm a liberal. I guess that makes me a Democrat. And they've signed on to that. And look, that's that's fine. They want to live in Sweden. They can they can live in Sweden. Hell, based on the the freedom of the Swiss or the Swedish economy, I think I might like living in Sweden if I didn't mind. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Freezing my ass off uh, nine months out of the year, um, but that's what they signed on for. And now all of a sudden, some of them are waking up and finding out. Wait a second, I didn't sign on for critical race theory. I didn't sign on to completely destroy the the foundations of the country. All I wanted was some higher taxes on the rich and some better social programs, uh, right. and maybe help the poor a little bit. Um, there's a lot of people who are waking up to, wait a second, the agenda of this party is not the agenda I signed on to. It may be some small part of it, but it, it, it's, I, I would say it's, it's no longer even the largest or the majority part of it. The, the Democratic Party, and look, so is the Republican Party in many ways, are largely a cultural party, not a party of politics or a party of ideas. Yeah, well, not a party of policy. I mean, they're clearly time. a party yeah. of politics, but not a party of policy or of ideas or, or of ideas. And, and the GOP has been that way for a long time. Unfortunately, Democrats have been that way for much longer. But, you know, there was a time when the Democrats supported things like free speech, um, like self-autonomy. Uh, where they were actually the old blue dog Democrats, right? Where they actually supported lower taxes and uh, they they wouldn't even mess with the second amendment. Well, here's, here's the interesting thing, Michael, you remember the myth about uh, the South. Well, one day, right, right. Republicans Republicans became Democrats. Well, look at what's going on right now and which party's pushing what who's pushing segregation. Who's put, you know, who, Look at all the things uh, that, that that are being pushed by the left right now. They and, never leave their roots. That's correct. That's exactly right. So, yeah, that was a myth about the South. It's, it remains a myth. And you're seeing it proof right now because the same party that pushed segregation in the South is now pushing segregation all over the United States. It's amazing. And, and here's the difference. Here's the funny part of it is they're selling it as a good thing. Right. 
Well, they're they selling it as a good thing back then too. Yeah, well, look, no, yeah, but for a different, is a... but for a different reason. <laughs> right. They're selling it for a good thing now that because this makes you superior and allows yeah, you to so enjoy your culture. Changed. Yeah, right, the, the marketing's changed. The message is the same, <laughs> and and the, and the goods are the same. Yes, exactly. Well, look, I'm not sure that the message is is all that much different either. I mean, one of the things that the segregationists talked about was the importance of protecting black people. Who, That's right. You know, could not compete in white society and they needed to be right. protected and have their own institutions to build them up. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I find very little difference in that and the argument today that we need to go back to segregation so that black people can build up their own institutions. I, I mean, that's the same argument Lester Maddox was making in 58 and Orville fought us. Yes, and, uh, it is precisely the it's same. Exactly message. the same argument. But it's but the marketing, as Michael said, has changed. Now, what was considered to be bad then is now considered to be good. Although Joe almost blew it when he said those poor black folks can't get an accountant and can't get a you know, right. can't get a lawyer. Holy crap! I mean that. Well, but why, no, should, I was, I, why should that I, surprise was, us from the party that says they they're incapable of getting IDs? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you, did you see the, the, the tweet that AP put out this week about the NFL? Where, oh, where the, the NFL said yeah, it was yeah. going <laughs> to halt using race norming, which right. assumed black players started out with lower cognitive functioning. Yeah, you want systemic racism? There's your example. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> at the NFL. The woke NFL. God. Well, hey, look. Now, Dale is on the record as saying that the NFL is basically a communist organization. Yes, football is communism. <laughs> no wonder Copernic does so well. Yeah. Oh, seems like he was a little too commie for even football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, well, they don't like out and right, like, you know, straight up communism. They like to be the sneaky communists. Sneaky communists, yeah. Well, like actually, I think, they'd be, yeah. I think right. they'd be happy with straight up communists if they could throw a pass. <laughs> to their own player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. So yeah, I, I was I was I saw that and I put it up on Q and O. Q and O with all this talk about systemic racism. I thought, well, here's your example if you're looking for one. I mean, that just blew my they're still using racial norming that says that blacks have a lower cognitive functioning than any whites. Yeah, oh, so, so, so they don't get hurt as bad when they get hit in the head. Well, see. they don't lose much, you know. Yeah, right. stupid to begin with. So I they don't saw lose that. Much. I saw so that. So we don't have to. We don't have to pay them as much when we settle a brain injury claim. Okay? I saw that today, and I was I was flabbergasted. I know. I mean, I know. Look, even if you have been using race norming, I don't think I would come out in 2021 <laughs> and fucking announce it. Jesus, I, I think I'd I'd make that a very who, quiet who, policy. Gene. Who 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 has less cognitive function? Whoever <laughs> the, the brain trust the NFL commissioner is. of at the commissioner's <laughs> office of the NFL. Apparently, I, I think we need to see a commissioner's office norming. <laughs> well, they need CEO norming. That's obvious. God, some of those people. Mm. Well, I would like I would like to. Uh, Put a little remembrance. No, no, a little remembrance out today. I, I put a picture up of Tank Man. Mm, yeah, and Tiananmen Square. To this, that was 
June 4th, 1989. Never yep. forget that guy. Never forget that picture. That was the most amazing picture I've ever seen. Uh, that guy and the, and the video is even more amazing because as the tank tries to go left, he steps left. <laughs> he, he was, I mean, nobody knows whatever happened, who the guy was or whatever happened to him, but what he did just, well, it's still remembered. Incredible. Yeah. A little bit different than uh, the idiots hanging out and trying to shut down uh, cross streets in Seattle or yeah. Chicago or Wisconsin or, or wherever. Yeah. Portland. Yeah, well, there were some other pictures today uh, of the aftermath. And I don't know how, oh. they, how how they got them out, but it just I know, saw those just yeah. bodies stacked up in the streets, mm. Spl- uh, just laying all over the square. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to Tank Man, but I got a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think we yeah, all do. We've always had. Yeah, I don't think there was any any doubt about that. But my God. You know, he'll, he, he, it's amazing. An anonymous man like that will be remembered for, well, forever for, you know, by anyone who, who loves freedom. This guy was something because he knew what he was doing right then. He knew what he was risking. Well, he, he knew it was over. Yep. I mean, there was no question. It was over. They, they, I guarantee you, he got off the side of the street and they already had him. So to do that in, in the face of, of that and, and, to, to stop that entire line of tanks. And if you've ever seen the full shot, I mean, it is, you know, there are 20, 30 tanks behind it. That's just amazing. How many Americans are going to do that today? Oh, Lord, I wouldn't want to guess. It's a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, the um, Chinese Communist Party in their uh in their editorial on the Tiananmen Square said that Tiananmen Square um gave uh gave the Chinese it has inoculated the Chinese people with a political vaccine helping us acquire immunity from being seriously misled yeah that's why they arrested a bunch of people in Hong Kong today who were memorializing it <laughs> yeah god I'll baby you know that's just well. That's communist propaganda. Yeah, I mean, well, it's amazing. China's state media. Oh yeah, I mean, don't look out there in that province where the Uyghurs are. Don't worry about that stuff. You know, we got it. We got it under control. Everything's cool and wonderful. Make your movies here. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of China, um, we were talking about COVID when we first came on, uh, and China has been talking about. Um, Hey, you know what? Uh, if you really take this uh, Wuhan thing seriously, and you really give us problems on that, maybe we'll just nuke you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They do also that. announced that they have some new bird flu that is uh, right. uh, spreading amongst uh, humans. So, gee, I wonder where they're going to locate the the, yeah, the right. center of that. <laughs> I mean, look, it, we are in all-out war with uh, Russia and China, and our administration is giving me nothing but the willies when it comes to standing up to these people. Well, you know, I I thought about that too, Michael. I thought about first about the 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 uh, the ransomware attack on the colonial right. pipeline. Then all of a sudden, we go after food. Right. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 okay, colonial, yeah, right. That's kind of like the first tower when the plane flew into it, and you go, oh, my God, an accident. Right. Second tower, you go, holy shit, 
we're being yeah, this attacked. Is an attack. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I got out of this. You know, first we go after the fuel, and then we go after the food. Little probing attacks here. We'll kind of have it uh, a non-governmental uh, crew do it, and so we can blame them. And you know, so I'm looking at that, thinking this. You know, this has all the hallmarks of Russia going. Let's see what we can do. Right. And look, I mean, think about it. I mean, these are probes. These aren't the. Oh, yeah. They're not going to show you everything they can do. They're not going to show you everything they can do. Yeah, there's a trial run. Yeah, that's exactly right. And how do they react? And what do they do? Exactly. Yeah. And so there's enough uh, there's enough separation, uh, you know, deniability that uh, you can't go Putin. We got your number and we're going to war because, you know, Putin's going, hey, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. Jeez. Oh, and isn't next week uh, when Putin and uh, Biden have their first big initial yeah. meeting? Yeah, he's going to sit there and talk and Blinky's going to sit, sit there and say nothing. Yeah. No, no. Blinky's just going to blink. Uh-huh. He's not going to talk. Why should he? <laughs> I but, mean, uh, if yeah. I'm in his position, I mean, I have nothing to say. I think he's going to challenge him. And in a, in a way that's, you know, sort of half funny. Point yeah, he's going to be a buffoon. He's going to make, he's going to make, he's going to make Biden look like a buffoon. Well, and you know how, and hard. you know, and you know how uh, Biden heats up and gets a little mad. Hey man, you know, all that right, stuff. Yeah. Well, as, as, if he has dementia, as that uh, develops, they get more—you know—they get more frustrated. They get more angry, and that's what he's exhibited a few times: is this anger. And, is he going to bang his shoe on the table? <laughs> <laughs> he, first, he has to be able to find it. <laughs> you know, it's—it's it, it's good. I'm just really going to be interested to see how that goes. Um, I'm—I'm surprised that they're—you uh, know—his handlers are going to let him meet with Putin. Well, of course, yeah. it's, of course, of course, the alternative is Kamala Harris. And I don't think I think they'd rather have Jesus. Biden. I think they'd rather have Biden sitting there. <laughs> yeah. At least he's got relationships over there. Money. He's got an investment. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she got handed a new job this week, right? Yeah, she's snagging else. <laughs> after after. Yeah. After telling everybody that she's really not in charge of the border. thing. So Joe gave her a new job to do the voting rights thing. Yeah, which means somewhere a month from now she'll go. That's really not my job. She is so far over her head. Well, she's always been so far over her head. I mean, she. <laughs> well, depending on what you mean by head, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, she's she, she. I mean, you know, Barack Obama was at least intelligent. Okay. I mean, he, yeah, he, he basically had the same route, a, a, a few, a, a little time as a state senator, a little time as a U.S. senator, and then president. Well, she goes basically the same route. You know, a little time, uh, I guess, as the AG, a little time as the senator from California, and now she's the VP. She hasn't got a clue. And she's never done anything. Uh, no. Worth of note. Dumb, no. vindictive, and arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. Not a way to live, right, Dale? Yeah. <laughs> But that describes her perfectly. Yep. It's yeah. it's it, it's amazing. Oh, by the way, I I got a laugh out of this. You guys probably saw it. So AOC starts whining about her grandma, 
Her oh, grandma's in Puerto Rico, and she's been waiting three years, and Trump stopped the aid, and look at her house. Well, she caught a ration of crap for, hey, you, three years, and you haven't helped her out? Right. So apparently, you couldn't fix a patch in the ceiling? So apparently a bunch of conservatives got together and raised 65 grand for her. Uh, it was Matt Welch. <laughs> Matt Welch. <laughs> Matt Welch put, no, up a go, Matt Welch? put up a GoFundMe, yeah, raised thousands yeah. of dollars. $65,000 for AOC and saying, see, this is how we do this, AOC. If there's a problem, we, we get together as people, and we do that while... You know, while you're living in luxury and letting your grandma rot for three years, we can raise this money and help her out in an afternoon. Yeah, exactly. It's just hilarious. I mean, she gets, you know, another one that gets owned every time she turns around. Yeah, speaking of dumb. I mean, first of all, if your grandmother is living in poverty and you're a congressman, let's not go bandying that about publicly. There's no possible exactly. way that that is going to make you look good. I don't yeah, know who you know. think That's... you're I don't know who you think you're making look like an asshole, but it's everybody <laughs> but you or it's everybody but you. A, you're living in a luxury apartment in Washington DC and you're allowing this your grandmother to live like this. You wow. have your hands on the levers of Congress. <laughs> Jeez, you can't yeah. Do you know how many times when I was in the army when I was on a staff somewhere we'd get congressionals uh, some c member of Congress uh, writing to know what was going on in our unit with a certain person or whatever. And do you know how many hoops we jumped through to get those things answered and whatever uh, they were asking about, uh, get the full story on it. And if there was a problem, get it rectified. And she can't do that for a grandma who supposedly needs aid. Yeah. Funny that. Yeah. Guess not. Guess <laughs> <laughs> not. But well, she like can she can get on Facebook and complain about it. Well, it's like Barack Obama's. Uh, remember this? I mean, this was years ago, but uh, he had like a half brother or half sister or something up in Boston. It was in like big trouble, and he like oh yeah, he he didn't want to have anything to do with this person, and never reached out to help them out at all, because you know it, it would be a blemish on his political record. You know, it, it's not about actually helping people. It's about power. Always has been. Always will yep. be. Yep. Problem is we've made it too easy now. Well, it's like uh, what Milton Freeman used to say. We don't incentivize uh, our um, so-called leaders to do the right thing. We incentivize them to do the wrong thing. And they do. And because that's how they're incentivized. Yeah. <laughs> we give them way too much power. And uh, we give them way too much leeway, and there's no accountability. That's the big thing to me, the, the, the lack of accountability. You know, they talk about lack of oversight for all the, uh, the oversight responsibility that Congress has. We hold no one accountable for anything except some poor slob, you know, 10 down in the chain of command who ends up being the fall guy. Yeah, guy uh, in the sub. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awful. And, and yeah, you know, where's my, the Durham report? What the fuck is going on? With yeah, that? where's all this stuff? Where's all this stuff? And 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 even if we get it, who's going to do anything about it? I mean, my God, uh, you know, we we've got people from from the administration before last that ought to be in jail that still aren't. Yeah, absolutely. Call and me you know for what? God's sake. And some from the Trump administration. Yes. And, and you know what? This has been 
how politics have been run for at least since the 70s, if not the 60s. Uh, I mean, it's it's just become it's become incorrigible and and it's it's become uh, the undermining of American faith, American people's faith in our institutions. Now, this is because they don't do themselves any favors and they constantly lie to us. They, they do not hold themselves accountable. They throw up, you know, these little, um, you know, studies and reports and whatever that are supposed to hold them accountable, but that never actually really happens. There, nobody has been held accountable really for anything. I mean, unless you're a Republican, there have been some Republicans thrown out of office and fined and jailed and whatever. But I mean, you, you do not get the Washington insiders um, held accountable legally for anything. Well, think think of right now who's sitting on the Intel Committee who had an affair with a, a Chinese agent. Right. Yes. Well, why, why is he still sitting there? And he's suing. Uh, I can't remember who it is. Mo Brooks. Gomert. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks and a couple, I think Ted Cruz, uh, for inciting the riot that held him in no danger whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. He probably has PTSD just like AOC. You know, they were across the street in another building. But hey! Ridiculous. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, and also, so now we have it from the, the, the POTUS's mouth that um, the intelligence community has learned that uh, white supremacy and white supremacist um, organizations are the largest domestic terrorist threat that we have. Yep, you said that yesterday or day before yesterday. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and we all trust those intelligence agencies so much. Oh, yeah. And well, we see the evidence of it everywhere, right? Don't we? Everywhere, yeah. There's so many freaking race hoaxes that, uh, as uh, instapundents right. happy to always say, is you know the 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 uh, demand far outstrips the, the supply. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. So they have to go to these racial hoaxes, and they you know they're they're constantly un- uncovering them. I mean, it's and then and then on the other side of that. You just have these uh, blatant uh, racists who talk about, you know, all white people need to die. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay, the same, Bruce. It's not I the know. same, Bruce, because <laughs> people who, okay. who aren't white cannot be racist. Yes, they can. But anyway, there, there, there was a uh, Yale University uh, had, a, uh, had a, a, a talk called the Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind. And it was delivered at the Yale School of Medicine's Child Study Center, okay? And so this this person giving the lecture, and here are a couple quotes. Uh, This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life is they suck you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. That was at 6.45 in the lecture. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, burying their body and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step. Like I said, the world, like I did the world a fucking favor. This is a 7.17 into it. White people are out of their minds and they have been for a long time, 1706. So this is what is going on at Yale 
at the School of Medicine for Medicine's Child Study Center. Our future this, leaders. Yeah, there you go, folks. Yeah, this is what you get. And this is okay, apparently. No one really gives a crap, you know, but that's what you get. And the people who graduate Yale are the people who are going to go on to our institutions and run them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is, after all, Yale and, and Harvard's purpose, right? Yeah, that's so, the pipeline, right? Yep. Because God knows we wouldn't want somebody from uh, uh, University of Illinois Champaign actually getting in there and running things. That would be horrible. <laughs> University of Illinois Champaign? That just, that just sounds like a racist hayseed academy. It, it, it has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You know, the more you see this, the, the more you lift the lid on this, the uglier the stuff you see under it gets, but and the deeper it gets. This is an old story, though, isn't it? I mean, th- well, this is for how... the most part, you know, you know, yes, it's an old story. But what happened for the, for, for the last four years is the scab got pulled off, and That's a lot true, of the pus yeah. came out, and we were all able to go, "Holy crap! Have you got a bad looking sore there?" You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and and so and then and then we got to see exactly what we saw the Fauci stuff. We got to see, oh, wait a minute. The press told us all this. And now we see that's not true at all. And so now the press is, you know, used car salesman press. They kind of flip and flop, you know, in, in <laughs> <laughs> and lawyers. And lawyers and politicians. Politicians yeah, well, may be at the bottom. But, you know, it, it's it, it's really shown some things that really weren't evident as evident to those that didn't pay attention. Yeah, here's the thing. CNN, just to speak of the devil, um, I think this last week we, we learned that CNN can't get a million viewers yeah. Yeah. in prime time. Yeah. They, they just can't hit it. How are they still on the air? Well, because they're where are they broadcast? Well, they're not broadcasting airports anymore. That got canceled, so now they're in old folks' homes and you know <laughs> bus stations and like uh, you know bars and whatever. I mean, they don't they don't appeal to anybody. Uh, and part of that is the Trump uh, phenomenon. The guy generates headlines, which is why they promoted him endlessly when he was uh you know running for president the first time um and they don't have anything else people know they're not truthful and and people know that they're biased uh and you know some people like that they want that bias um that's why M- msnbc stays on the air and that's, that's why the only audience stays they on have. the air well, I fought, yeah that's the right way. although fox does appear to have a much larger audience than well MSNBC and CNN combined. Yeah. And that's because, you know, you have a much more choice if you're into the liberal bent. Yeah, that is true. Fox is your only choice. Although, you know, you have Newsmax now. Newsmax, OAN. um, Actually, OAN is kind of interesting because it it, it gives you just the way they report is very European. it really is sort of BBC like, not so much in the uh, in the ideological bent, but in the delivery. It's very, you know, there's just that cadence that they have. And it's 
it's almost sort of comically, um, I guess, uh, uh, juvenile <laughs> in a certain way. But, uh, I mean, they do give you a lot of pretty fresh news and, you know, they put their bent on it, but it's mostly in what they report, not in necessarily the way they report it, as opposed to most of your cable news channels, which are really putting, uh, you know, a spin on everything. I like Newsmax. Cable news for the people who are just sick and tired of listening to those damn communists at Fox. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Although I, I got to admit, I've never actually watched it. <laughs> Nor have I. I don't watch much TV at all. I, I, I mostly, re I mostly read. Well, I, I mostly read about it and then I'll, I'll watch a clip or two, but I don't sit down in front of them and go, okay, let's see what MSNBC has to say. You know, I, I, I don't even watch Tucker. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I like Tucker. I, I can't. I simply can't watch TV news. Um, yeah. and it doesn't matter who it is. Fox, CNN, uh, Newsmax, oh, it just, it's all awful. Well, my, my, yeah, well, see, that's my problem. My problem isn't so much that I can't watch it is my wife is just absolutely fed up with me yelling at the TV. <laughs> you lying like son of a bitch yeah. you lying <laughs> son of a bitch you know I mean it's just <laughs> keep your voice down neighbors are here <laughs> the TV can't hear you <laughs> you know I just I, just for the good of my heart I don't watch it anymore I read about it <laughs> well, I get the same thing when I drive yeah. The other drivers can't hear you. Yeah. Kind of dependent on that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. You know, one of the things that really irks me is just the, the sheer amount of repetition. It's just, you know, Sean Hannity, back whenever they were you know talking about the Russia stuff, every single night it was that Durham is going to come out and he's got, these people are all going to bombshells. bombshells. Yeah. And look at that. Look what we've, we've discovered because we're doing real journalism at Hannity and you can believe. Yeah. I told, I told you, my wife, you know, she'll say, well, they got this coming. I go, Oh yeah. Bombshell news. Yeah. The, the problem is, you know, I said, I told her, I said, the problem is, and I said, you watch it's they're mostly duds. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, two years later she goes, okay, you're right. And that took a lot for her to say. <laughs> Chris, a couple of weeks ago, uh, just out of nowhere, came up with, hey, do you know about this um, investigation with this guy named Durham? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I just, I just said, yes, he's a federal prosecutor. He's looking into some of the, the Russia stuff. Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. And I just, you know, didn't have the heart. You didn't, you didn't say, you didn't say bombshell, did you? Right. No. Do you know that, that he's been looking at that for like three years now? Yeah. <laughs> and we're yep. no closer today than we were three Not, years Yeah, ago we don't even hear about it anymore. To anyone going to jail. I don't know well, what he's doing. You don't hear about it anymore because they don't have Trump to focus on. As someone said, that's part of CNN's problem. You know, they, they actually should have pushed for Trump to be reelected so they'd had something to do for four more years. Now, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the horse they rode in there. That's uh, it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, too bad. But yeah, 
you know, he, th that was the Trump uh, every day, all day, for year after year network. And somehow Cenk Uger uh, still has a podcast channel. <laughs> well, hell, anybody can have a podcast channel. I mean, even I mean, look at that. us. Look at us, for God's sake. <laughs> we've got one. <laughs> and we've been running this thing for a, for, for a decade, more than a decade now. Well, well more than a decade. Yeah. A decade I mean, and a half. This is, this, we're probably the, one of the oldest podcasts still in existence. I would say that's probably at least continuous ones. Yeah. 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 But yeah. and we went through our acid test days. And like, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Hell, you can't have a relationship unless you have acid test days. Oh man! Hell, we when yeah. we started this podcast, John Henke was part of it. That's yeah. right. And it was thirty minutes, ten minutes each topic. <laughs> yeah, we were real, real controlled. <laughs> yeah, that kind of went out the window, didn't it? And then uh, Bruce took a hiatus. And Dale and I were like, fuck it. We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> we had a couple of three and a half hour podcasts. Oh, sure the... oh my goodness. Well, that was, hell, uh... last week we went two hours. Yeah, that's true. Over two hours. Didn't even didn't even realize that the, the time was going by. But... Yeah, well, I'm an old guy, so I go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good about you being Br Bruce. You're like a good timer. You're like yeah. an egg timer. <laughs> yeah, when you hear my head bang off the desk, just shut it down. You know, okay. it's, you know it's time to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do try to be respectful of your time, by the way. Yes, so you know. thank you. Yeah, I do a lot at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need that time. Well, He's I can't do his kegels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I can't think of anything else this week that really struck me other than the, uh, and it's an interesting wife, thing, we've, we've, talked, we've talked about it uh, before, I think we talked about it, I think we talked about it last week, but this week, um, Brett Weinstein had a two-hour podcast with Dr. Pierre Corey, the guy who I mentioned earlier, who just released in the American Journal of Therapeutics this week a a large meta-analysis of the use of ivermectin in several countries and the positive uh, positive results that they've seen in treating and in preventing people from catching COVID. I believe it was in Mexico City where their rapid response team was on ivermectin prophylactically. And they were the people who actually went out to the COVID patients uh, as soon as they were reported. And they did not have a single case of COVID-19 among the rapid response teams. Who and it was even better than that, that they, the, the ones that they got to who were in the early stages of uh, COVID, I mean, they, you know, still had issues, but they were much less severe. 79% uh, reduction in hospitalizations. Right. So they, they didn't have to go to the hospital. They weren't, they didn't have to be on the respirators, that sort of thing. Um, and, and it's the thing about ivermectin is it's a very old drug and it's been around for years, been tested for, you know, lots of different reasons and it's been highly effective. It's also very, very cheap. And for some well, that's reason, three, that's three damn strikes right there. Exactly. 
And so for some reason, um, the, the scientific community, I'm making air quotes in the, uh, with my fingers, um, has been highly against letting this information get out, which to me is, I mean, that's just an absolute, I mean, that's murderous. That, I think that's it is. Yeah. Literally uh, murderous. Well, here's the thing, the way federal law works. If we have a safe and effective treatment for COVID, you can't get an emergency use authorization for a new vaccine. Right. And why why would you want to go with a, a vac, with a, a drug that no matter how effective it is, let's face it, it's out of patent. Nobody's going to make any money off of that. Right. So who does the FDA work for again? <laughs> forget. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, the FDA is still saying you can't give out ivermectin in the United States unless it's in the context of a clinical trial. As if, right. uh, I think it was Uttar Pradesh and uh, Goa, uh, whenever things started to get really bad last month, it, it switched to ivermectin prophylactically and um, have been giving it out. And they've seen, in both states in India, have seen a huge reduction. In the and that's where we're with, seeing a lot of these studies, the recent studies coming out of, yeah. Yeah, because because Goa, uh, in fact, Delhi, um, which is a, a very highly densely populated area, has uh, seen huge drops in COVID since they started giving it. So, you know, the, the FDA is saying, well, you know, there hasn't been any level, you know, any, you know, uh, Blah, phase blah, blah. three clinical trials of the appropriate size and blah. blah, blah. Yeah, if it wasn't invented here, it's no good. Right. Yeah. That's well, the bottom. That's, well, the, the point is, you know, you understand the analogy is, you know, we didn't do it. And so it can't be good. And and that's, you know, it's nonsense. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make money is one. We, we all know that. We recognize the reality of, the, of that. Uh, Big Pharma has its hooks in to a lot of politicians. No surprise. But, uh, you know, when, when, when you start playing that game and it, and it costs lives, then, you know, shit, you got a different you got a different thing to answer to. Well, hold on. Now, India is actually uh, a participant in the treaty that recognizes patents um across europe north america uh even asia um so th they're part of that now are they a big uh you know drug mill yes they are um and they do get away with a, a lot uh, but at the same time they also however haven't had access to vaccines and that's what's interesting about this and which it just it throws a bit of a monkey wrench into this idea that, um, you know, they just couldn't do it. Well, no, they, they absolutely could do it. They, they, they've done it before. So I, I, I don't I, this has to me a lot of political intrigue. Um, and that's just my, my take on it. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that's true. But when you start, you know, losing people like India has been losing it. And, right. uh, you know, th that's BS uh, when you when you play politics with stupid shit like that. Well, here's, and, and that's absolutely here's that's what we we get all the time in those emails. We have emails to Fauci, I believe, from people, in fact, up to years ago 
touting ivermectin as having what appears to be fairly broad-spectrum antiviral properties. Can you see my shock face? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like this is new, and, this, and everybody is shocked, shocked to learn that ivermectin <laughs> might be effective. It's something that's been known about it. I mean, after all, in 2015, the guy who, uh, who uh, found it got a Nobel Prize in medicine for it. It's on the it's on the WHO's list of essential medications, and one of the other things in this this uh, study that um, Dr. Corey published in the American Journal of Therapeutics this week is looking at countries in Africa who who give out ivermectin publicly on a broad basis simply because of the the you know, river blindness and other parasites that they have, and looking at their rates of COVID cases compared to countries in Africa who do not uh, give out ivermectin uh, to the same extent. And once again, we see a huge disparity in the number of COVID cases and deaths that they have. So, you know, all this talk about the FDA as well hasn't been through a proper clinical, you know, phase three clinical trial. Well, we now actually have from a number of countries, in fact, nearly a quarter of the countries in the world, uh, seeing what happens when you give ivermectin and what the COVID rates are. Um, we can all whistle past that and pretend like there's no correlation. But in point of fact, the science looks as if ivermectin is kind of effective. But, of course, if it is, that means those vaccines have to go away. They haven't been through yeah. phase three trials. And they would have to stop manufacturing and distributing those vaccines and switch over to a safe and effective treatment, whatever that might turn out to be. So surprisingly, as it turns out, at least as far as the CDC is concerned, there is no safe and effective treatment for COVID. Funny that. And so you, you, well, you wonder about what that... regulatory capture looks like? There yeah, you go. Exactly. Well, and you'll notice that that the, the swath of these countries um, who are most heavily affected um, are in between the tropics, right? Tropic Cancer, uh, uh, Tropic of Can uh, Capricorn. And like th that's where apparently these uh, viruses can live for a bit longer. Um, they're a little bit more virile. And so why not get them, you know, this cheap? And, and it is cheap. It's super cheap. And we could prevent like literally millions of cases of COVID-19. They might still get sick, uh, but they're not going to get as sick as they would. Um, we would be saving hospitals. We would be saving uh, supplies. Uh, and there's this all kinds be, of and, things. And this would be a routine illness. Right. And, and for some reason, uh, just off the top of my head, it might have something to do with, oh, this is a great way to control. You think? <laughs> Certainly the way they've all acted. I, I mean, there's there's a good basis for that assumption. I mean, I, I, I have to look at what's way, for me. Right. You know, exactly. it's, I have it's, to look what's running. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, my God, isn't this wonderful? We have a pandemic. I mean, everybody's rushing around. Here are these protocols. Do this. Do that. And uh, you can't do this. More you can't do this than you know, anyway, uh, yeah, they tested it out. They, they they stretched it as far as it could go to see what they could get away with. And, and amazingly, they got away with a lot. 
and who benefits the most? Kui Bono, um, UNWHO. Yeah. Um, by the way, they're still stretching it uh, out here in California. Governor Newsom announced that we would not be uh, backing off of our COVID stuff, uh, our lockdowns on June 15th. Oh, Lord. So we're still TBD on that in California. Lord, meanwhile, uh, we're open for business in Georgia. I mean, nobody wears maps here anymore. Nobody does much of anything to do with that anymore. We're open Would for you? business here in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and trust me, that's actually a big deal. We're actually open for business here. I mean, I haven't worn a mask in weeks. I don't even carry one. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Well, it's just, it's it's now mask optional. Well, if you feel better, you can wear a mask, but now there's no requirement. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still don't know what the state of science is on the masks. It's very confusing. Not according to Fauci. They don't work. <laughs> Well, it depends on which Fauci you try. Yeah, which well, Fauci. Is right. that the they don't work Fauci from uh, March yeah. of 2020 or that you got to wear two masks from uh, July of 2020? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the one I want. Isn't that the way this works? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what Fauci you're referring to because there, yeah, are, yeah. there are multiple the, Fauci's. The, the masks don't work Fauci. The thing is that we've known this. I mean, come on. Anybody who has been able to smell a fart through a pair of jeans <laughs> could figure out that the masks don't fucking work. Well, and they made it clear, and they made it clear scientifically. Here's how big this is. Here's how big the right. holes are in your mask. It's like where you know, it's it's like shooting a BB through a chain link fence. Well, even worse than that is, and here, and I, this is directly what I've heard from doctors, is that, well, it's all about the viral load, and. If you're wearing this mm-hmm. mask on, over your face and it, you know, somebody sneezes on you. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But if then you're breathing in and you, you get picked up some other way, now you're creating basically a Petri dish for the viral load. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to get it. So which, you snag, I mean, what you're saying is you snag more out. and more and more of it. Exactly. And the science bears this out that there is literally no difference uh, whatsoever in how the pandemic has worked. And I use the word pandemic loosely because I'm not sure it really was a pandemic, but whatever. Um, it, it did not change the rates of infection between uh, uh, states that uh, had mask only, always mask, you can't go anywhere with a mask, and states that loosened up such as Florida and Texas and whatever, um, there was no difference in the rate of infection or, or of contracting the disease, with one exception. The places where you had uh, lots of masks and everybody was, you know, 80% or so were always masked up, they seemed to have a little bit of a higher line. Not much, I mean, not statistically significant, I don't think. Um, but they did seem to have a a little bit higher line of getting infected. Uh, You know, make of that what you will, but it doesn't show me that masks were effective in the least. Well, what was also clear is locking people down wasn't effective in the least. Yeah, shutting down the economy, that, that didn't help. 
No, it's yeah. What, what what you're learning out of this is, hey, if you feel good in a mask, wear it. Don't lock crap down because it does no good except to kill the economy. Well, and, and that's what made never made any sense. If the masks work, why can't I go to the store? Why can't I run my restaurant? Why I can't? If, yeah. if the masks don't work, well, then why am I wearing a fucking mask? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, the, there's there, there was never an explanation for that. Well, the CDC updated their guidance on masks, saying that kids who go to summer schools don't have to wear a mask outdoors. Jesus. Uh, Or summer camps, rather. Unless the summer camp is on the grounds of a school, in which case the school rules apply and the kids have to be masked at all times. Jesus. And guess what the school rules are? Yep. Yeah. 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 This is frustrating and stupid. Well, yeah, it's uh, stupid and therefore frustrating, (laughs) 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 but, but it is, I mean, and look, a a lot of people I don't blame because they've been sold this panic porn uh, crap of die. And I mean, look, you act rationally if you believe the information that you're getting. And the information they've been getting has not been accurate. It's been highly all over the place. Yeah, it's been all over the place. Literally, I mean, we're laughing about it, but you can literally go back through Fauci's stuff and find the exact opposite somewhere. Uh, You know, he said something and then said the exact opposite somewhere further on or further back or whatever. I mean, there has been this, this, this has been all over the place. The whole point Uh, of having institutions is to give us reliable advice about your area of expertise it's literally the only thing that you have to do your one job and right and and how have they done on that job (laughs) not so hot (laughs) yeah that's something that you know we've talked about before but the the death of expertise is what this year gave us i mean our experts are not very expert in what they do and and, and so we're all over the place with this crap uh, and you're getting contradictory uh, information within days of each other. And people look at each other and just, you know, shrug their hands up. What are we supposed to do here? Or well, our, our experts cheerfully tell us, yeah, I lied to your face. I said you didn't yeah, need a mask when right. I believed that you Which did. Which is another Fauci. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Fauci just admitted, yeah, I lied to you. Yeah, we didn't want, uh, we didn't want to run out of masks because you rubes had all gone out and bought them. And the nurses wouldn't have had them. So, you know what? Go shit in your hand. And they're more important than you. So, you know. Well, obviously. But, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Not obviously. <laughs> it, it, it's like um, our intelligence community. And I'm, I'm making air quotes in my fig- with my fingers. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think this goes back to the late 90s when uh, Pakistan exploded its first <laughs> nuclear bomb, right? <laughs> and we had no idea. We were totally shocked. And then the Iraqi And they war. haven't gotten any better. No. I mean, these are our experts. This is our intelligence community. Matter of fact, it turned out that I think Saddam Hussein had better intelligence than we did. And, like, why are we depending on you people? You can't get anything right. And now our intelligence, uh, you know, our intelligence uh, agencies are telling us that the most, uh, the biggest threat, domestic threat we suffer from is white supremacy. Yeah, well, I would love I would love to see the intel on that because I think it's 
politics. Well, I can't I help bullshit. I can't help but think back to the old WMF Buckley quote about the intelligence agencies, in this case the CIA specifically, uh, and I've never seen anything in the 30 years since I've heard it to make me change my mind about it or to doubt its veracity, which was the assassination of Scano had all of the hallmarks of a CIA operation in that everyone in the room was killed except Sukarno. <laughs> that was yep. a pretty good F.H. Buckley. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, and this is my problem is I have not seen competence from government in anything. And well, I'm well, you're not going I, to. I would like for it. I mean, I, I would love it if the government could be competent and something but they're not even competent at the things that they're charged to do hey listen we're we're gonna have a woke military whether you like it or not yeah that is that is definitely coming we have a military who has decided that we're gonna go full bore into this stuff and i guess uh this last week a couple of congressmen and senators uh set up a hotline for military people who are being forced into this uh CRT stuff to uh, call Congress and complain. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's, you know, as, as someone said, you know, our military is there to kill people and break things uh, and do it in the most efficient manner uh, necessary. Yeah, and this doesn't fit that particular uh, proviso at all. So like sinking uh, the largest Iranian ship or no, that was it. That was, that was the Israelis. That was yeah, the Israelis. And that's the problem, isn't it? Why didn't we do it? Oh, because we're getting woke. For God's sake, what's wrong with you? Anyway, these are brown people over there, and we can't make war on brown people. <laughs> yeah, well, they're coming over here. Apparently, there are some Iranian Navy vessels that are heading towards Venezuela, even as yeah. we speak. They'll get yeah, lost. they rounded the Horn of Africa like a couple of days ago. Yay! Now they're in the in the in the South Atlantic, and they'll end up in Venezuela, and then what? Yeah, and then what? Why are they going <laughs> to Venezuela? <laughs> and then I what? Mean, nothing. And then they're in our lake, and then what? In our lake, cares? I like that. It yeah. is. Yeah, well, the Caribbean's our lake. Yeah, largely. Is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's what Truman thought, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hell, I, you know, I, I saw that story, too, and I went, oh, goody, somebody to play with. <laughs> well, yeah, well, at least they're a little bit closer. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah to, we don't have to go over to, there. Yeah, look, you can be home in time for dinner yeah. in a couple days. Day trip, day trip. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a game that the Iranians don't want to play, however. That's true. They may think they do, but, boy, talk about waking up to reality. Although, they're... Probably their their primary concern is being uh, accidentally rammed by a U.S. Navy vessel rather than being, <laughs> rather than being bombed. All right, guys, have a great week. We will talk to you next week. All right, guys. Yeah. Bye. You've Bye. been listening to Observations Q and O podcast for Friday, the fourth of June, two thousand twenty-one. Thanks for listening to the podcast. On behalf of Michael and Bruce, this is Dale Franks. We appreciate you listening. Hope you'll be listening again next week. Until then, have a great week, everybody. So long.